Blog Talk Radio. For all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Hey there, your yard took a real beating this summer. Luckily, Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard has your back. Just feed your grass with Scott's again this fall when the air is cool and the soil is warm. It's the perfect time to give your lawn a boost. If you do, Winter Guard will give your yard the nourishment it needs to help weak, thin grass recover and support root growth, giving you a greener, more resilient lawn both now and next spring. Guaranteed. Grab a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard today. You'll be back to barbecuing in no time. This is a Scott's Yard. Hey, parents, we all try to be extra careful with our children in the car, but then we get an important call or text. Remember, our children are watching. Make every drive a good example. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash BITZ to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Playing for ping pong balls, you hit it so well. <laughs> the Cavs, the 
Hornets, the Grizzlies. Now, my wife was on the Hornets. My thing is this, Dan. If you knew you weren't going to pay Kimba the Supermax money, it's your trading him last offseason or last trade deadline to get a, a true haul for the organization in Charlotte because now you, you overpay Terry Rozier has to pay somebody. You have the bad contracts of, of Nick, Nick Batum and my guy Marvin Williams still there. So it's a team going nowhere fast and be hands to be irrelevant real quick in Charlotte there. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's it's hard to to see it, or you know, it's hard to make that choice too early, right? You know, if you're looking at it and saying we find, you know, we have this all-star player, we you know, we've we drafted uh, Kemba Walker, we developed him, we helped him get you know, sort of make it all all the way to where you know when he, when he came into the league, he was a guy with a nice handle on the killer crossover, but you know, forty percent shooter, a guy that couldn't knock down the long ball, and then. He you know, becomes a legit 25-point-a-game scorer. You, know, you don't want to get rid of that guy. You've invested all this time and energy in him. He led you uh, during that, so that one big playoff year they had where they won 48 games, and there was a sense that like, you've got to build around him. You make him the focal point. Everything works around him. But obviously they sort of swung and missed after 2016. They paid Nick Batum. They paid Marvin Williams. They kept that core together, extensions for guys like Cody Zeller and uh, Michael K. Gilchrist, who just hadn't panned out quite the way they hoped. And so that's your then your best asset, your best player becomes has, you you sort of have to start looking at him like he's your get out of jail free card. And it's an unfortunate fact of life. But if your guy, if you're looking at it and saying, how do we get out of salary cap jail? How do we wind up restocking the coffers with young talent, with draft picks, to give ourselves a plan B for the future? As unfortunate as it is, you got to take a look at moving the, you know, the, your best asset that's going to get you the best return. They opted not to do that. They hung on to Kemba Walker. They decided not to go all the way to the Supermax once he made it to All-NBA or even, you know, in, even close to it. And he wound up deciding he wanted to make another decision, go to, to a different situation for the remainder of his prime. The, the end result is, you know, there's Miles Bridges, there's Malik Monk. Now they drafted P.J. Washington this year. They bring in Terry Rozier. Uh, you know, maybe there's the outlines of a youth movement there that can get to, you know get you somewhere exciting, but it seems to me like they're a team that's uh, a few pieces away and probably not gonna be in contention for much beyond the number one pick anytime soon. At least the Cavs and Grizzlies have a plan. They have young talent, new coaching, a youth movement. They have key pieces to build around in Memphis with John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. And, and you got Darius Garland out there in Cleveland also with Sexton. So you have pieces in Cleveland and Memphis that make you feel like, okay, in a few years, they'll be good following the Hawks track here in Atlanta of the of the rebuild the Hawks doing it as we speak. Yeah, and also, you know, for Cleveland, they, they still have one of those chips left to play. I, I'm not sure exactly what the market is for Kevin Love at this stage, uh, you know, they, they extended him last off season. Uh, you know, they lost nothing else. You lock in a price point, you know what he's going to be. You know, he's not going to hit the market for another three years. I believe he's, he's under contract uh, with a four year extension and you know what the, what it's going to cost you. I think the money goes down after a couple of years. So it's still expensive, but it's not going to be in the way that you know, some all NBA caliber guys are going to be getting 44, 45 million dollars. He's not going to be at that kind of price range. Still a stretch big man, still a playmaking power forward. You can play some center too. So he might be one of those guys, you know, now that a lot of the big, the big names have moved, you know, guys like him, like Bradley Beal, who are sort of like that next tier down, uh, who might still wind up being the kind of player, if you're a team that says, 
we you know we we're maybe one one player away. We just we need, we don't need a super duper star, but we we could be one player away from making some real noise in a, a more wide open NBA than we've seen in a long time. Beal might be that kind of guy you look at, and and the Cavs might be able to say, hey, if we if Kevin Love stays healthy for you know the first half of the season, we got one of those guys too. We can make a, make a real difference for you. We you know what what's your bid for? What's you know what are you going to be able to put up on a table that'll help us in terms of young talent or draft capital? Um, but yeah, but yeah, so it, it really has to start with. You got to hit, you know, hit some home runs in the draft. You got to put together a few of those young pieces, and then sort of see where you are in a couple of years' time with your with your, your development. Ideally, from a young coach that can sort of put some things together. John Beeline is going to get the chance to do that in Cleveland. Um, you know, James Borrego is going to get the chance to do that in Charlotte. And I think Memphis, you know, they they sort of changed everything. Brand new front office, brand new new coach Taylor Jenkins, who had been on Mike Budenholzer's staff in Milwaukee, and they're going to hand the keys over to a couple twenty year olds, and they got some exciting young talent. I think that their runway uh, to to get in back towards sort of being competitive might be a little shorter than those other teams, but uh, still a long way to go. I think that's why all, those teams, for every, as they go forward this, this season, everything's going to be about building toward the future. They don't got to worry about wins and losses right now. It's just about getting better. And in your next tier, you have not so bad, but still going to the lottery. I agree with that. <laughs> the Hawks, Wizards, Suns, and Knicks. The Wizards, it rarely builds the climb of that extension, trying to trade him away from Washington, start all over. And here in Atlanta with the Hawks, I tell the fans here that, hey, yeah, we're young, but when you're young, you're not that very good. It'll be exciting. It'll be a good, a good league pass to watch for the rest of the league, but we won't be that good. We'll still be young and fun, but not that good. Well, that's – and I think they're honestly a team that I – you know, when I was sort of putting the – you know, trying to break out the, the, the organization of the league – they were pretty close to me to that next tier up of like, you know, hey, they might be frisky. They might be able to get into that mix for an eight seed. Not, I mean, in part because I believe in the talent that's there. I believe in Trey Young. I believe in John Collins, who, you know, still, you know, he had some national love last year, but still one of the, the, the better young players that not a lot of people talk about in the, in the league at this stage. Um, you know, Kevin Herter showed flashes last year. Uh, I think, you know, there, there's reasons to be excited about what DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish can do as they sort of fill in. And then the guys that were sort of like reclamation projects that, uh, wound up rebuilding some value. Like DeAndre Bembry is a guy that a lot of people didn't pay a whole lot of attention to, but that's a junkyard dog kind of dude that'll do a little bit of everything for your roster. It's great to, you know, and he can fit into a few different spaces and really help out. And, and Alex Len, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, that guy was the top, you know, six or seven pick and then winds up, you know, uh, eating a lot of innings for you at, at the center spot. So I think there's a, uh, there's a lot of guys, or there's coaching staff under Lloyd Pierce that's shown it can get a, get a lot out of young guys. It's a lot of young guys who got a lot of reps last season, took a step forward. Uh, but, you know, progress isn't always a straight line going up in the NBA. And you're relying on so many guys who are, you know, 22, 23 years old and younger um, to develop consistently, to produce consistently night after night. That can be a tough thing to, uh, to, to bank on night in and night, and night out. But I, but I, I think if, if, if any of these teams in these sort of in the lower reaches of these, these tiers is going to be surprised pleasantly and bump up a notch, I would bet on it being the Hawks because I think the, 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 that's not just the talent, but the way the talent fits makes a whole lot of sense to me, and I think there's there a lot to be excited about in Atlanta. Yes, indeed. I'll tell you, I'll tell you in two years, we'll be really good. 2021, we'll be really, really good. I guarantee that, <laughs> for sure. And now, the Frisky Young teams, you have the Bulls, Pelicans, Kings, T-Wolves, and Mavs. I want to focus on the Pelicans, because I, I feel like the, the lottery 
helped that team retool on the fly. A lot of the Clippers did because you're the number one pick. Like, like, like the Lakers pick bumped up for you too. So also the Hawks traded away a lot to get Hunter. So you got a lot of draft picks in New Orleans. You got to sign quality veterans and you got to retool on the fly with a good roster. You know what I'm telling them about the, all those guys from the Lakers with Zion, Jackson Hayes, Alexander as well, signing Reddick as well. So David Griffin put together a pretty interesting roster in the Western Conference that's young and could make some noise. I, I completely agree, and I think that it's, it's – David Griffin has made a lot of – you know, he's basically had every opportunity since he got that, that job, talked, or since they made the draft pick of Zion Williamson since draft night, talked about it, you know, it's not him. It's not just him. It's not all on him. we got to build an infrastructure. we got to build a culture where – uh, it's everybody pointing in the right direction. We're, we're not putting everything on the shoulders of this young man. Um, you know, maybe learning from the mistakes or from the failings of what happened with Anthony Davis, where it was, yeah, we'll put some quote-unquote young veterans around him, but if those guys aren't able to elevate him, then he's got to elevate everybody. And that's just that's a, an awfully tall task for a young guy, no matter how talented. So instead of it saying, well, we think Zion's transformational, so we'll just kind of like, you know, we won't really aim for strategic moves around him. It's, all right, well, we're going to go get Derek Favors. So he can, you got like a big, like a dog that can play center and is going to, you know, lock down the paint, can, you know, get, a, get you a bucket with his back to the basket, pick and roll big man, going to cover up things on the defensive end. So, you know, Zion, you don't, you don't worry about that so much. You come in, you fly in for blocks and steals, get out in transition, but with the paint's controlled. Drew Holiday is going to be the captain up at the top of the floor on both ends of the floor. We're going to get you fed, going to make sure that you're, you know, you're in position to make plays on both ends. Don't worry about it. You need some space to, to operate, drive and face up to the basket, get J.J. Redick. Bring him in here. He's going to be flying off screens. Defense can't leave him alone. He's going to open things up with the shooting. And you're going to have some young guys to go along with you, with Jackson Hayes, with Alexander Walker. Uh, you know, and we'll see how, the, how all the, the, the pieces from the Lakers show up. I mean, I'm a, I'm a believer in Brandon Ingram's talent. I'm not so sure about the – fit he seems like a guy that works best with the ball in his hands Lonzo seems like he can do an awful lot to make a team better it's really just but the 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 shot the consistency on that and the consistency of being able to be on the floor of staying healthy we haven't seen that a whole lot through his first couple of seasons so you know it remains to be seen what those guys are going to look like in a new context but I think the overall talent level the increase in what they were able to do just increasing the talent level and the fit around Zion I think there's some pretty exciting things there um, it wouldn't surprise me if, they, if that was pretty much right away because, of the, they, because they built with some veterans, too, some guys who know how to win in this league. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they were sniffing around a playoff spot, too. But uh, a lot of that's going to depend on how well those young guys come along, how quickly, and how, well, how much they can stay on the floor. And you also have on the fringes, the Orlando Magic, who I think just overpaid to keep everybody in because I didn't right. think they are going to be getting much better. The Pistons, the Spurs, the Thunder, that has some teams it's kind of, if you keep Chris Paul, yeah, kind of be okay, but we know they're not going to really run anything. But Indiana is a team I really will focus on there, Dan, because of this. Depends on how Victor comes back from that injury. That's like getting a mid-season acquisition of a star. If you get, bring him back to that mix, like if he's who he, we think he can be, I mean, that can make that team go to another level right there in Indiana. Because you know Nate McMillan's going to coach them really, very well. going to play hard and defend well. So if you get Victor back, it's half what he was or close to what he can be. Can we help them go up to be standing in the East there? Yeah, you know, they're a fascinating team to me because I think all, as much as maybe any of the teams that I wrote about, the spread and opinion on them was was really wide. You know, there are some, some people that thought, looked at that and said, 
Like, that's straight up disrespectful to Indiana. Indiana should be up in, like, the solid playoff teams or even, like, conference finals. Like, that, that with, with where they've been the last couple of years, winning 48 games, tw- you know, consecutive years with what the job Nate McMillan's done, the talent they added, they should be even higher. And then, I, you know, I had the responses from some people that said, Look at all they lost. You know, it's not just that, that Oladipo is going to be out for at least half the season. It's you're also you know, Boyan Bogdanovich, the guy that was their number one scorer when he went out. He's gone now. Um, you know, they, they're sort of turning the reins over to uh, Malcolm Brogdon, but we'll see if is he ready to be a lead creator. We ha- he didn't have, never had to do that in in Milwaukee. Uh, you bring in uh, you know sort of all these new pieces. T.J. Warren comes in. Uh, Jeremy Lamb comes in from Charlotte, and they, there's all this sort of shuffling. And, it's, you know, we still don't know for sure how well Miles Turner and DeMantis Sabonis fit together. There's, the, there's, some, there's a lot of sort of moving parts there, but I, I agree with you. I think that there's a really – if you get Oladipo back, say – I mean, the, the, the timetable now, and that could shift, but timetable now is they're saying uh, – last I saw was about, to, like, December, January. So say he comes back around New Year's, right? You get some, you know, a little bit of time to sort of get the, the, the rust off through the All-Star break. Then he, you, know, you start developing rhythm as you get it, you know, into May, to March and April – by the time the playoffs come around, you could have just added an all-NBA caliber uh, two-way star. Uh, and I think you know, that, that could be the kind of infusion. That in, in an Eastern Conference, it's a little bit shaky beyond the first couple teams. Um, you know, that, could, that could carry you a long way. So I, I, if, if, a fully healthy version of that team with Brogdon alongside Oladipo in the backcourt, with Lamb on the wing, with Warren in there to get buckets, I think there's a, re- there's a really intriguing team in there. How often they can get to it with everybody in rhythm and healthy, I think that's going to be a, a really big question in the East this season. In the playoff teams with questions, you have the Raptors, you also have the Celtics, the Heat, and the Warriors, and the Nets as well. So what's about the Warriors here, Dan? Uh, it's Trevor D'Angelo Russell, just to say they didn't, didn't want to lose nothing to Kevin Durant for nothing. But you lose Andre Iguodala for it, Livingston for it, of course, as well. But you kind of bring in some friends, guys, Glenn Robson in the third. You know, you, you bring in a guy like Colleen Stein as well. You got Looney back as well. So I feel like the Warriors deal with it the best they could, being hard capped with that Russell trade. But I feel like the Russell is just a, a piece to trade later. Also, they get get buried at that with Iguodala, got that trade exception with Andre Iguodala with Memphis. So I feel like they have two pieces to kind of retool again and kind of just be a down year for them if Clay even comes back in March still. But I'm looking at them next year after that with those two pieces that can really be dangerous once more again. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I think, you know, it's there. I would never – you're never going to count out a team that's going to be able to go, go to, into war night after night with Steph Curry and Draymond Green. You know, like – the, that is a, a that is an instant offense and an instant defense right there. So you, you, there, there's a certain competitive level that you expect that the Golden State to to, to maintain. But just about everything else is in flux. You know, they, now there there are bodies on the wing now, but this almost all of them are unproven. We don't really know yet. I mean, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell being a starting uh, shooting guard and a you know night to night guarding opposing two guards. You know, we got to see how that works. I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty unsure of how that's going to play out. Willie Cauley Stein is an all. You know, he's got all the physical tools you could ask for to be an impact defender, a lockdown center, rim protector, the whole bit. I never really put all that together in, in Sacramento, and you know, seemed to wear out his welcome there uh, at different times. Put himself in the doghouse. Uh, you know, with, with you know a variety of different coaches. Maybe some stability in a context alongside stable vets like 
Steph and Draymond brings the best out of a guy like that. Helps bring along some of those younger guys, the the, the new influx of, of talent, the rookies they bring in, you know, guys like Jordan Poole and Eric Pascal and, uh, you know, so on and so forth as they try to build out, you know, get younger, build out the talent on that roster. Um, but it does feel a little bit like they're in just, they're sort of in a state of, of wait and see. See, if, you know, if you get MVP Steph and Defensive Player of the Year, Draymond, yeah, maybe you're right back in the mix for uh, you know a three, four, you know, three seed or four seed in the West. Maybe even more. Who knows? But um, I think for right now, the, the expectation is like it's going to take a while to figure out what the new normal looks like in Golden State on both ends of the floor, and uh, you know, sort of see where you get to when Clay comes back, and, and you know what kind of push you can make, and then set yourself up for the next season and beyond. And that's just that comes finals of bus. Uh, Philadelphia, Denver, the Rockets, the Jazz, and the Blazers. I want to hit the, Rock, the, the Rockets and, and the Sixers. The Sixers uh, signed my guy Al Horford to a nice contract. <laughs> I was shocked when he opted out, Dan. I'm like, what, what are you doing, Al? But when I saw the deal, he got, I mean, he, he had something going, brother. More power to you, <laughs> you know, my, my man. <laughs> Good job. So we got the the big four in Philadelphia with, with Ben Simmons, Embiid there, Tobias Harris. To me, it means Dan. Ben Simmons must shoot more than layups and dunks. He has to, you know, because without Reddick there, there's no space. And without Butler, who is the closer, you need somebody to close now. And it can't be Spies Harris, or can it be Ben Simmons, or Embiid in the post? We don't know. Barry Brown's figured that out. And also, with the Rockets, of course, the trade, Russ and Harden. I don't see how that works because Russ can't shoot, especially in the playoffs, when teams can say, hey, we'll just stack up on James and Darryl Russell Westbrook to shoot corner threes, and he ain't going like, to like, be happy doing that probably. So I see that be combustion fast as well. So what are your thoughts on the Sixers and the Rockets here? Yeah, the Sixers, I think you're, the, you're, you hit the nail on the head. The question for them is going to be on offense, how they make the pieces fit, and who has the keys at the end of the game. Because that's what we see. You know, for all the, 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 the drama and the storms that came last year after Jimmy Butler showed up, when the money was on the table in the playoffs, who had the ball in his hands? It was Jimmy Butler creating at the end of games, running high pick and roll with Joel Embiid, trying to make something happen or trying to you know, work out in isolation and beat somebody to, to get a, to, to a good shot. And, you know, with Ben Simmons basically like hanging out around – the foul line, you know, waiting for offensive rebounds or dump offs, and that, you know, obviously the, the, the moving uh, Jimmy Butler in the sign and trade that brings back uh, Josh Richardson that removes that as an option, and obviously Ben Simmons, you know, the the, the max salary extension that, that uh, Ben Simmons got, it's hey, we you know we trust you, we believe in you, we're going to uh, put you know put the ball in your hands, put the keys in your hands. So now it's a matter of you know you got to show you can do something more with it, and maybe it's not just that you can take those jumpers. Maybe it is that no matter what a defense does, you're going to get to your preferred spot and get to you know, where you need to go, make, it, you know, make things happen for others. Maybe the answer is the ball winds up in Horford's hands more often at the end of games. It's a creator because he's somebody that can pick passes out, that can stretch the floor. You know, maybe it's just no matter what happens, you're going to you know, flood the, you know, you know, basically 1-4 and get away from Embiid, let him uh, you know, isolate on one, one side of the floor and throw everybody else on the other side, make, him, you know, make defenses try to double him, and let him be a passer. You know, maybe he takes a step forward as a creator, and that opens things up. But I expect them to be, if not the best defensive team in the league, then one of them. And then it's imagine it's all going to be about what Simmons and Embiid and Horford can kind of do to coalesce offensively and make things work there. Uh, you know, Horford has been a great player that his, his, the, the level of his greatness has often gone overlooked. And, you know, he's, he's been a, a big contributor 
to the successes of several franchises and multiple coaches. I think he's going to make life a lot easier for Brett Brown if, as long as he's on the floor, he's able to stay healthy. Uh, I think that's it, they're they're a weird looking team, man. But I'm excited to watch them play. And then, uh, I'm sorry, forgive me. The other one that you asked, Rockets, the Houston, Rockets. Houston. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I wrote about that the night, sort of the night that the news broke, because it was like, this is Russell Westbrook's last, no, I shouldn't say last shot, that's not, a, uh, not the right way to say it, but this is his opportunity to show that all those knocks that you were talking about, like, he can't shoot, he's not going to be able to create uh, in the playoffs when, you know, the, the other team loads up on Harden, he's not going to be able to be a second fiddle, he's not going to be comfortable with that. He's been a guy who has run off to an MVP caliber player because of the way uh, he demands everything. Everything has to run through him. This is the opportunity to rewrite that story and to correct that, that narrative. And I will, I'm interested. I'll, I'll say this. I'm interested in what Russell Westbrook looks like attacking against defenses that can't just pack the paint on him because nobody else on his team can shoot. Like, when he would go out there, if he was playing, you know, playing with Paul George, Paul George could shoot. Nobody else on the Thunder could shoot. When he was playing with Kevin Durant, for the most part, Kevin Durant could shoot. Nobody else could shoot. Everybody in Houston can shoot. They're going to put, you know, they're going to have uh, Clint Capella out there setting screens, and then everybody else around the perimeter can, you know, take, take a kick out and knock down a shot or make something happen off the catch, scramble up a defense. So I wonder if if uh, a guy who is already one of the best pick-and-roll creators in the game and already a guy that can dust you off the dribble and get to the basket. I wonder if he plays up even a little bit in that system. Uh, I think you're absolutely right to note the question of how he fits alongside Harden because obviously the more Russell Westbrook has the ball, the less James Harden has the ball. And given how, given how good James Harden is at the ball, I don't know if that's the way you want to go. But um, I think that you know, the talent is interesting. And the idea that like, he might not be a fit from a shooting perspective, but the way he creates specific things he does real well with the ball in his hand as he breaks down defenses might be even better accentuated in Houston. So I think there's a shot that that, pl- that looks a little better on the floor than it does in our mind's eye, and uh, I kind of can't wait to get a look at it. And finally, you have the contenders, the Bucks, Lakers, the Clippers. I want to put on the Bucks and the Clippers here. Uh, the Bucks pretty much reloaded up the roster, except for Brogdon, who went to the Pacers. Uh, you brought back, you got Wes Matthews, you brought my man in, Kyle Corver as well, the fire shooting. My thing about watching Coach Mike Budenholzer, I've watched him pretty much get swept out of playoffs three times, three times, two with the Hawks, but to Cleveland, and the Raptors beat them four straight games there. So, like, he doesn't make any adjustments. That's my problem with Budenholzer. He sticks to his system. He doesn't adjust to anything. And so, if you get a, a series like Philadelphia or even a Boston or Indiana, it could get tough. He's not going to make any adjustments. He's going to believe in his system. And I feel like that the, the, the coaching piece is what I worry about with the Milwaukee Bucks, not so much the talent piece. And the Clippers, of course, you got Kawhi and Paul George, the heights of the century, how Kawhi played everybody solid. So, like, so I, I told some people, dancing, look, at, Kawhi would have proved that the guys are here bloviating on TV don't know what they're talking about. They're just guessing. <laughs> they just proved yeah. it right there with Kawhi. So, yeah, let's get your thoughts on the Clippers and then the Bucks as well. Yeah, I mean, the Clippers, I mean, you're absolutely right. that the, the They have most of the core of a team that was one of the, the best surprises in the league last year, right? Like, they bring back uh, Lou Will. They bring back Montrezl Harrell. They, you know, Landry Shamit comes back. They have so much of, like, like all of the, the, the sort of complementary pieces that you'd want to put around legit star talent, and then they go get <laughs> two of, you know, are, I don't know how, you know, was two of the three or four best two-way players in the sport, and at a time when what you you know what wins titles more than anything else is 
these wings that can create, get to their own shot, create efficient offense, and lock up defensively. You need these guys. This might be the best pair of Dobermans that we've seen since Jordan and Pippen on the court. And, you know, so the, the idea of the way it can all fit together, I'm really interested in how that can look. The only question for me is just how much those guys play. You know, Paul George just had surgery on both of his shoulders. Uh, the, the, the first word was he might miss the start, of, might, might miss training camp. Now it's he might miss time into the season. Kawhi Leonard, obviously, last season coming back from his his quad injury, the the issue was load management. He played 60 games. You know, uh, and, and you know had sort of more limited minutes at, at different times. It's all worth it when you get to the playoffs. But you know, in a, a situation as tight as the West might be. Um, you know, seeding can matter so much, and and you know, home court advantage can matter so much, and matchups are such a big issue. So, how much those guys play, how much they play together, I think the the fit on the court is going to be fantastic. Only question I have is just, you know, are they going to miss some time, and could that wind up hurting them in seeding, which could then hurt them down the road? Uh, and, and the Bucks, I mean, I hear what you're saying with with Budenholzer. I think he addressed that a little bit last season in the playoffs. I'm thinking specifically of when he started switching those screens against Boston. You know, the first game, the Celtics come out and carve him up with Al Horford in the pick and pop. You know, all of a sudden, you know, the defense that looked looked so good all season looked uh, like it was going to get uh, sliced up no matter what. And then he starts having his guys, you know, go out there, use their athleticism, use their length instead of dropping back on every screen, switch it out a little bit. And all of a sudden, the passing lanes and the, you know, the, the, the rhythm that Boston was able to find, Kyrie Irving couldn't get anywhere, Al Horford couldn't create anywhere, and then this, you know, you're, you're creating turnovers, you're getting out in transition, and before too long, Giannis is just breaking through every time. So I think that there's, you know, now it didn't work out against, uh, you know, against Toronto, but I think that was more, and more a situation of that was the one guy in Kawhi Leonard who could both check Giannis straight up and go get you points on the other end. Like, there, there really aren't, I mean, it's basically created in a lab to bust up what the Bucks were last year. Uh, that dude just left the conference, you know? And so I'm interested. I mean, I, I want to see how they match up without Brogdon because Brogdon sort of checked a lot of boxes for them. And he's not, you know, that, you don't lose a title because you lose a guy like that, but a guy like that helps you win a title. And it, all, I mean, all it would have cost them was going into the luxury tax. Easy to say because it's not my money, but when you're as close as they are, Losing a guy like that could wind up hurting if you, if you don't wind up figuring out how to check the rest of those boxes with what you got left over. So I'm, I think that they right now look like the class of the East. I think Philly's right, you know, not too far behind, but I'm really interested in how Philly's offense winds up coming together. Uh, and then, you know, the Clippers, it's, it's crazy. It feels so wild to, to say this after, you know, a lifetime of watching the Clippers beat Charlie Brown and, you know, try to go kick the football and have it get pulled away from him. But Exactly. The, the Clippers right now look like they're in the best position to win the NBA championship, any team in the, in the NBA, and that's, that's uh, where we find ourselves after wild offseason. No, I feel bad for there it is Ralph Lawler. All, all those years of pain, and when he retires, look what happens. <laughs> you know? Seriously, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he, he sacrificed so the rest of the Clipper Nation can live. So, you know, hopefully hopefully they, you know, they find a way to get him back on the mic for, for some portion of the season and uh, get, that, you know, get the statue up there outside Staples before too long. Yes, indeed. Well, Dan, this has been great, brother. We'll do this again real soon, man. A little talk talking ball, which I love your work up the ring. You're on Twitter, man. You're a great follow, man. Thanks again for your time today, buddy. Oh, my pleasure. Enjoy your summer, everybody. Take care. All right, folks. that Dan Devine from the fucking ringer on the Boss Man Show.
hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it. Get it. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. When you're a teen, you finally get to make some of your own decisions. Who are you going to hang out with? What do you want to be? Are you going to glance at that text while driving? Remember, a split second is all it takes for something tragic to happen. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash BITZ to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. Tell me what you gonna do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and Scissor. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby, 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar Memphis. Yeah. 